Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. A few weeks ago, Don and Bridget Brewster from Agape International Missions visited Bethel as part of our Global Fest Week. Don mentioned a statistic on Sunday morning that should have caused our collective heads and hearts to spin. The stat was this. There are over 40 million people trapped in slavery around the world. This is Angie, and you might be wondering what that statistic has to do with our reading today, which was Acts 16, verses 16 through 40. If I had to give this section of scripture a title, I would call it, The Lord Delivers the Oppressed. When reading Acts 16, it's easy to skip past the story of the demon-possessed woman who was annoying Paul and slide right into the thriller of Paul and Silas in prison. After all, they had been unjustly arrested and thrown into prison under false accusations, arrested for the first time by civil authorities and not the religious Jews. They were stripped beaten, and shackled. And just when we start to consider their oppressive plight, the Lord intervenes with an earthquake as their initial punishment is reversed by God himself, leading to a jailer's salvation and an official apology from the chief magistrates. Cue the big band. Dun, 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 dun. The Lord delivered the oppressed. But what about that woman that got them thrown into prison in the first place? Verse 16 calls her a slave girl. Jesus came to set the captives free, yet in 49 AD, women were being held as slaves in Philippi. We read that she was making a large profit, not for herself, but for her owners. Her owners? She was someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's granddaughter. But in reality, she was someone's slave. Verses 17 through 19 say this, as she followed Paul and us, she cried out, these men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the most high God. She did this for many days. Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, for those of us who have younger siblings, we might understand more clearly why Paul got so annoyed. Every time Paul and Silas turned around, there was a shadow following them, speaking truth, but speaking it in an obnoxious and never-ending cadence. You know, kind of like little brothers and sisters can sometimes do. Once the owners of the slave girl realized that she had been healed by Paul, they discarded her and went after the ones who had ruined their prized moneymaker. They saw her as their meal ticket, their status symbol, their possession. But not Jesus. He came to set the captives free. God can use anything. And he used Paul's annoyance 
to give the slave girl the most amazing and generous gift she could have ever imagined, freedom. Just like he did for Paul and Silas, the Lord intervened and her death sentence known as slavery was reversed by God himself. The Lord delivered the oppressed. A person today is considered enslaved if they are forced to work against their will, are owned or controlled by an exploiter, have limited freedom of movement, or are dehumanized and treated as a commodity or bought and sold as property. 71% of the over 40 million slaves in the world today are women and girls. Seems like some things haven't changed much since 49 AD. But we live as those with hope. Slavery in the modern world is an entire system built on oppression. God hates oppression. Throughout scripture, his heart is for people to be free. For example, at the end of Philemon, Paul tells Philemon to welcome back Onesimus, his runaway slave, not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. In Leviticus and Deuteronomy, God establishes a whole system that includes regular periods of time when slaves would be set free from their commitments and their debts. And in Galatians 3, we are reminded that in Christ, there is neither slave nor free. All are one in Christ Jesus. 40 million feels overwhelming, and it is. But we can make a difference for one, and then another one, and then another one. I am so grateful for AIM, Live Global, Mirror Ministries, Grace Kitchen, and others connected to Bethel globally and locally. Those who speak reality and invite us into faith-based partnerships as the Lord delivers the oppressed through them. We can help make a difference by offering our prayers, time, talents, and gifts to those who are already in the trenches and are fighting hard for all of us. Ask the Lord today how he might want you to be involved, and then go make a gospel difference in the fight against slavery. Let's go, church. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.